hard jacks. Mm. Do you know who drinks these? I don't. Buddy Slade. Buddy Slade. It's an interesting fact. You want to know why I'm really in town? Yes. I can't tell you in here. <laughs> okay. Got me out here. All right. Here's the deal. Buddy Slade and I are meant to be together. And I'm here to get him back. Buddy Slade? All right. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's married with a kid on the way. No, nope, kid's here. She already had it. I'm, I'm cool with it. I mean, I've got baggage, too. <laughs> so, are you not joking? Oh, God, man, I get it. People won't understand. But, you know, these things happen. In real life, they actually happen. They just tend to happen in slow motion. They get divorced. They reconfigure. And society is, like, fine with that. If you take your time, like an emotional glacier... I'm 37. Mavis, I would keep all of this to yourself. I would I would find a therapist. <clears throat> talk to a professional. Matt. Oh, boy. I get it. Love conquers all. Have you not seen The Graduate? Or, like, I don't know, anything? Oh, a taxi. Yes, we called it. Ma Mavis. He hey. Buddy Slade has a life. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Does this song bring you back, Pete? If I ever walk into a bar and play It's a Shame About Ray and uh, Dinosaur Jr. <laughs> feel the pain <laughs> in a row, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no longer a cool person. Mm -hmm. uh, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made, made us gay. gay. Kelly Hardy, welcome back to the show. It's been a while since we've had you on. You were on for our uh, Baby Jane episode. Welcome back. Yes, indeed. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much. We're so excited to we have you. We saved a really good movie to talk about. Our first Charlize Theron film of the podcast, I think. Well, that deserves another cheer. I know. I mean, I really <laughs> wanted to talk about Charlize and what uh -huh. a perfect movie to talk about. We watched Young Adult, directed by Jason Reitman, written by Diablo Cody, released December 9th. 2011. Welcome to the show. Yes. Very excited to talk about this rascal of a movie <laughs> that I love. I I didn't know if I was going to like it uh, initially, but I remember watching with you and just being like, you know, I I kid about the, the songs in this movie, the soundtrack, but they are really perfect choices for yeah. these people mm -hmm. in particular. We saw this together at the Santa Anita Mall, Aww. December of 2011. <laughs> the Arcadia Mall. The, the Arcadia Mall. <laughs> yeah, love it. Wow. For our uh, San Gabriel SGB yes. listeners. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's a lovely mall. Our favorite mall. No Apple Store. No Apple Store. I mean, we can do an entire mall podcast, the two of us. We love going to the mall. But there's no Apple Store. There's no Lego Store. But it is still a good mall. How do you like that? I mean. Yeah, we saw it in that AMC. <laughs> Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Kelly, do you remember when you first saw this movie? Did you see it in the theater? Oh, man. When I first saw this movie, it was in my home. I saw it. Uh, I had an advanced screener because ah. I was, I was fancy. Ooh, <laughs> okay. Very fancy. So 
some friends came over. We're watching it. I had just adopted a rat dog, like Charlie's in the movie. <laughs> I was just a few years divorced. I had mm-hmm. just acquired a rat dog. Oh, my God. I drive the car she drives in the movie. <laughs> and Teenage Fan Club is one of my favorite bands. Yeah. So it's, it's a horror film. So my friends are in my home meeting my new rat dog. Borderline documentary. <laughs> Borderline documentary. Meeting my new rescue rat dog for the first time. Oh. And the film ends, and I loved it. And I was having a great time. And no one else in the room was. Sure. Yeah. Crickets. And then my dog bit everyone, <laughs> which is kind of the best way, I think, yeah. to see this mm-hmm. film. Yeah. And good night, everyone. See you next time. Right. <laughs> Come over again. Wow. That's a, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> that's. But yeah, I remember kind of, I mean, I think this movie did pretty well critically. It got Charlize a Globe nomination. She was sort of in the Best Actress uh kind of talks but she didn't make it 2011 was a weird best actress here we'll we'll save that you don't want me just rattling (laughs) like that but i think that the public's initial reaction to this movie was very chilly well i think like you were saying kelly earlier friends were not super into the movie and it's that thing where mavis as a character you know we have this thing built into our like subconscious nowadays in 2022, we're supposed to like these characters in the movies that yeah. we're watching. And if we don't like them, then now I think nowadays more than ever, people are like that movie was bad because that character was bad. It's kind of like the reception of that Rossman Pike Netflix movie. Uh, I care a lot. I care a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of the discourse with people online about that movie that didn't quite get that it was a satire yeah. yeah, and I think now, too, it's like a lot of, you know, uh, forgive me, younger uh, moviegoers, a lot of maybe the, the, the Gen Z crowd, are really the ones that kind of champion that whole, like, oh, I care a lot wasn't good. I didn't like it because mm-hmm. it was, it, you know, these characters are so awful. And she's like, doing well, terrible things you know and it's a bad movie. You know she's acting yeah. in this movie. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time, do you guys remember how weird people were about Diablo Cody? Also? Yes. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. We talked about so that. Loaded. We talked yeah. about that on our Jennifer's Body episode of just sort of there being a. I mean, it was all fallout from her winning the Oscar for Juno, her first script, which her first horror movie, bold <laughs> of just yeah. sort of giving a rookie screenwriter an Oscar for their first movie out of the gate, yeah. and there was just some initial. Diablo Cody hate, especially around the time Jennifer's Body came out. It had kind of dwindled a little bit from 2011, but this is around the time that she also deleted her Twitter, too. Oh, I forgot about that. So yeah. she had a really big Twitter account, a kind of the one of the first big that Twitter celebrities that kind of like would a follow. Kind of like a like semi-viral, you know, yeah. just a little quippy. Yeah. She was tweets. really funny on yeah. Twitter in the late 2000s, and she just deleted it. So just because of what trolls. do you, what do you think about the kind of blowback against Diablo Cody? Is it the whole like I wrote a book about stripping? Like I don't know. I never kind of was able to wrap my head around it. I didn't totally get it either. I think that she, I don't. So I'm I like everything she does. Yeah, I mean, same. I, I love horror films, and I I think she makes really really <laughs> unique ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Jennifer's body. Yeah. Um, and I loved Tully, which is like a, oh, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. also a horror film. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I think Diablo Cody is the kind of person, especially for her time, that people either like, really loved or really hated. Right. And you know, it's I mean, I don't know. There's you can't separate out that she's a woman writing yeah. about like 
a very particular female experience. Right. And I mean, I don't know. We kind of have to take it in the context of who critics were at the time. Sure. And yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you didn't have people like Jen Yamato from the LA Times. Primarily male. About, mm-hmm. right, yeah. So yeah. it was primarily yeah. male. And straight white guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm almost like even afraid to touch that question. Cause it's like, sure. Yeah. I, sure. I, I don't want to say it's just yeah. sexism because there's also like her, when you, her vibe was a yeah, lot at the yeah. time. And I think yeah. you either like were, I think you were with that, it or you weren't. I think that was a lot of it too. Like specifically like her vibe. And like I was saying, you know, there's that whole like puritanical, I, you know, idea of like, well, you know, she wrote, she wrote that book and like the whole like, exotic dancer situation mm-hmm. which i think is funny it's like that's great like, yeah come on she like no so she just has a research she has a very <laughs> unique story that she was kind of one of the early bloggers yeah in the early 2000s yeah. and jason reitman would read it and just thought she was funny and was yeah. just like you should write me a movie the only thing for me is the the name, the pseudonym. I was like, come sure. on, what are you doing with this? Her real name is that? Brooke. Come on. Yeah. That um, actually you might see. be all of it. Mm-hmm. It might be sure. the name. It just is so loaded for yeah, people. Yeah, it's very, yeah, very loaded. Um, but, the, you know, now in 2022, like, I watched the, watch the special features on this uh, Blu-ray. And now I'm watching this stuff and I'm just like... Jason Reitman, get the hell out! Of here. He's the one now that I'm like have problems. <laughs> well, with. also Jason Reitman. Not that he's problematic, sure. but my whole thing I mean, is just, just like sort of okay, your classic career, your nepotism that he did get this entire career handed to him. I mean, most of his movies are good, but also most of his movies are kind of terrible. Are you talking <laughs> about Labor Day? Labor. Are you I mean, about the sexy pie movie. Labor Day, the sexy pie. <laughs> Do you know that when we saw Labor Day at the ArcLight opening day, we were given Purex pie tins, Pyrex, yeah, Pyrex glass. Pyrex. Oh my god! I know. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> so it's and they were giving them to everyone, so we got two. So I feel like <laughs> amazing. Still to this day, I'm just like you know, Labor Day, not that bad. Just because I walked out of the arc light with like first of all with a nice pie. First of all, I was with you. I got my Pyrex pie. It's not a tin because it's Pyrex, um, but I will be damned. If I don't remember that Jason Reitman directed yeah. Labor Day. Jason Reitman directed Labor Day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not for nothing. We saw it. We were like, that was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of good. But, you know, I think my thing with him is, you know, he's like, at this time, he's like super young. Mm-hmm. Up in the air is just like this huge phenomenon, which I was telling Scott earlier this morning. Up in the air is good. Never saw it. Don't really have Not an inclination to see it in 2022. Um, you know, like so it. he's this young guy and and he does up in the air. It's great. It's got Clooney. It's got like Vera Farmiga, right? And then, you know, we're watching these special features and he's like, oh, you know, I got the script for Young Adult and I was just like, I'm going to make this movie. I was like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> I have the sway in this town okay. to make this movie. Okay. Well, That's how it is. <laughs> so, and I mean, uh, listeners, if you're not familiar, Jason Reitman's father is Ivan Reitman of Ghostbusters fame, who of late. I know. Very topical. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is, you know, getting kind of some attention from He's getting Anna kind Ferris? of dragged from Anna Ferris because yeah. he was not very pleasant to her and kind yeah. of mean on the yeah. set of... My um, super ex girlfriend, yeah, my super ex. Mm-hmm. I always, which I always want to say, my stupid ex girlfriend. I want to say my and, crazy ex. girlfriend That's what me and Jose used to. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, th- I feel like today, nowadays, I'm I'm looking at 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 Jason Reitman, and, and it's just my little like uh, 
insecure kind of like sure. jealousy, just being like, shut up. Is it because he's our age? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, okay, you were able to like just I want to be a director. All right. I'm sure he did I'm sure he did the work. But I'm also sure that Ivan Reitman did a lot of work. He's got really great taste in his partnerships though. He like Diablo yeah. Cody's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um Gil Keenan, who did yes. Ghostbusters Afterlife, mm-hmm. is an absolute genius of right. everything he's made. Oh, he wrote a uh, Monster House. Yes. Yeah. He's had a few big. <laughs> he's also really young. Remake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gil Keenan's already He's also young. young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Poltergeist remake. Wow. I, I loved that too. <laughs> That's because you are really into Sam Rockwell, probably. <laughs> I'm, yeah. We watched no, the Poltergeist. No, no lies detected. <laughs> we watched the Poltergeist remake and we're like, so is Jared Harris the Tangina of this movie? <laughs> Because we watch a re- we watch a remake or a reboot, and we're the ones sitting there going, "Who is the analogy per character?" Which usually they do, and I'm and we're both just like, "I guess Jared Harris is the Tangina of this movie," <laughs> which I love. Um, but yeah, um, I guess that the production of Labor Day was uh, postponed; it was pushed to 2012, and Diablo just wrote this movie as a spec. And I think just gave it to him. And he was yeah. like, I'll make it. Yeah. So it, this movie got made because Labor Day's production was pushed. It's okay. a hero story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the sensibilities of the characters in this movie and even something like Juno are very specific. Again, very like our age. You know, the soundtracks to both of these movies are very much. Went to high school in the. Nineties uh, in the nineties, yeah, uh-huh. the middle, the middle nineties, mm-hmm. the middle to late nineties. Um, is that is that Diablo? Is that Jason? Is that both of them coming I think together? I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because um, I I was joking at, at the beginning, but I, I didn't really realize until I was listening on headphones to the clip that as soon as they walk outside, "Feel the Pain" by Dinosaur Junior starts. After "It's a Shame About Ray" was playing in the the bar. Um, you she know, walks into the bar and a really good replacement song is playing too. Yes, mm-hmm. and then y- the 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 actual tape that they use. Oh yes, on the film mm-hmm. it's that I forget which brand it is, but it's that like yellow and yeah, like, it's see through pink. It's the clear one mm-hmm. with those colors. You Everybody know. remembers that tape. Yeah, I mean, people who remember tapes remember that tape, and just like her. Car- her car had a tape deck in it. My truck. Had- my truck was a two. Th- well, it was a two thousand two. So that that tracks. And I taped like and a CD player. I had I had a car in the two thousands that had a a tape deck in it. Yeah, two thousands cars would have mm-hmm. had them. I wonder when they stopped putting tape decks in cars. I wonder when they stop putting CD players in cars. I had a car once that I had to have the uh, the it was a tape with a cord attached to it that you could plug into your same. CD player, your disc man, yeah. or yeah. your yeah. disc mm-hmm. man, or uh, later on, I, I I drove that car until the wheels broke off, and my iPod, it plugged right into the iPod, and um, so yeah, it was the truck because it because sure, I, could, I remember that there was mm-hmm. no how else would you get my iPod to play on a tape deck slash CD player? It was that like that tape thing. Man, we're old, mm-hmm. but you know those are the days. Um, <clears throat> so Mavis and. Uh, you know, Mavis starts this movie as like a, a sh- uh, what? Do, what? Do you, a ghostwriter. She's a ghostwriter. I think this of, is really funny. 
She's a ghostwriter of young adult fiction. I used to work at Barnes & Noble for almost 10 years, so I was very familiar just with this genre. I worked in the kids' section for a majority of the time. I was the kids' lead, so I got very familiar with YA. They call it YA. That's, uh, that's book industry talk. Sure. So I would get very uh, uh, familiar with all of these types of books. Mm-hmm. And most of these books, I mean, a lot of major authors do this. Yeah. A lot of them are ghostwritten by another person. And she mentions to the bookman when she's wanting to sell them <laughs> that you can find her name in the title page because yeah. the main author is credited on the jacket, but they're usually written by someone else. Sure. And all of these Doesn't authors... Doesn't even, like, Ludlum do that kind of stuff? Like I mean... The, like, uh, a lot of those guys. I mean, uh, James Patterson does that. Patter- yeah, it's not just, just because... It's not just what? YA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. James <laughs> Patterson does that. Well, also, James Patterson, within the past, few, uh, like, 10 years, he's been crediting the person that writes it with him or writes the book on the cover. So at oh, least okay, him now okay. has kind of caved to... Oh, James Patterson The public... And- Thinking that he's written all of his books. Like, he credits the person with him. James Patterson with Mavis Gary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just because James Mind Patterson blown. puts out, like, five books a year. Yeah. And they'll range from thrillers, nonfiction, young... Ad- he writes a lot of young adult now. Oh. Mm-hmm. Or his ghostwriter. Yeah. I feel like the only acceptable way to do that is to, like, say it's a James Patterson Presents. I'm horrified yeah, that he's yeah. taking, the, like, oh, my God. <laughs> James Patterson Presents. Yeah. God. See, nowadays it's least, not a thing. But so at least who's, he credits them so this on is the jacket now. based on, like, Sweet Valley High, I'm assuming, kind of a it's thing. It's kind of a very, still have, it's a very Sweet Valley High. But doesn't Sweet Valley High still have that thing where they're written by the lady who's, like. Francine Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> Very Thank good. You. I don't even like Sweet Valley High, but those covers have just I mean, haunted me. I brain, remember yeah. also in the in the late 2000s, Diablo was attached to adapting a Sweet Valley High movie. Oh my goodness! I don't know if it just became young adult, sure, as she was doing it. But I remember there was something that I read that she was doing some sort of a script yeah. for Sweet Valley. Not High. to get off on a tangent, we will on get back show? to this. Yeah, immediately. But was she not attached to the Barbie movie? She, I think that she did a pass of the Barbie script. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. That would I mean, there might be leftover story elements from her, but yeah. I don't think that she's the credited screenwriter anymore. Not that I'm not excited to see the... Uh, who's doing it? Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig. Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig. Wild. So, so uh, Ken is having a midlife crisis and leaves Barbie for... A younger woman, like I don't know, leaves Barbie. For I don't know his, what's going to go on his, with this uh, for his assistant or yeah. <laughs> younger actress. I yeah. do want Squid and the Whale, and Barbie. Bar- I was going to say Barbie gets her like Brooklyn Brownstone, like mm-hmm. in the divorce. Come on, she's, what are these two have to say about it, Barbie? Barbie is teaching it like NYU. For crying out loud, <laughs> Skipper is getting drunk at school and like <laughs> yeah. jerking off in the library, yeah. wiping it all over the books. Oh my god! So. <laughs> I, I love the idea that Mavis has reached a certain level of not fame but success. Um, she can pay her rent in this uh, this high rise this high rise <laughs> Minneapolis apartment. Yeah. My sister, when she was living in Minneapolis, I think lived in this exact apartment and building. You have that nothing. looked that looked over the river. And you have good things to say about Minneapolis. Yeah, M- Minneapolis is kind of a rad city. Sure, I was surprised when I went there <laughs> of just how cool it was. Yeah. It's a good place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, in the context, I guess, of... The Minneapolis. Yeah, the Minneapolis. The Apple. I had never heard that. The Minneapolis. The Minneapolis. Um, I guess in the context of this script and how we as the viewer are supposed to take it is like, she's successful, 
but it's not New York. Like, mm-hmm. it's still Minnesota, right? Like, it's still, like, Chicago adjacent. Um, so published, she's successful Published for, author, which is very impressive. Yeah. She's successful mm-hmm. for Mercury. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I I don't know. I think it's a nice touch. Like, it, if this was a Netflix movie, it would, she would be living in, like, you know. Oh, she would be living in the ghost loft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the loft from Ghost. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. In, in the meatpacking district. And that's what's interesting about the script is that Diablo takes a lot of generic romantic comedy elements and kind of presents it in a way of this is how all of these events would go down in real life. Yeah. yeah. Of that, if you make a movie like My Best Friend's Wedding, in real life, when Julia's trying to take back her friend steal him from Cameron Diaz it's just going to be sad <laughs> it's going to be sad and yeah. kind of disturbing when yeah. you actually see her do it I mean that's another one on retrospective when we watch my best friend's wedding you're like she is terrible mm-hmm. but it's Julia so and a lot do? of that's built into the movie but yeah. it's still living in that fantasy sure. romance yeah. world yeah. too um, and so Mavis like, like we're saying she has this level of success but it's still this kind of believable mm-hmm. like you know, real world. Kind I love of thing. movies that their main character lives in an apartment that that's a mess. You never see that in movies <laughs> of just how people's apartments look. Yeah, I also love just the little bit that um, her TV's always on and it's always on E. It's always on a reality it's show. Just whatever. They picked a good reality. Show. I mean, this movie opens with Kendra. The, I remember oh, I Kendra. It was, it was yeah. Kendra was, Wilkinson, short-lived spinoff of The Girls Next Door. Oh, I thought she it was, was the girls. It's not no, The Girls Next it's, Door. It's, it's Kendra. It's just actually. It's when Kendra's she married. Show. When she moved out of the Playboy Mansion and was married to Hank Basket. Yeah. And I think this show maybe lasted like two seasons. Sure. Um, but also a good choice of the Kardashians. It's aged well. Oh, really? <laughs> that it's not like it's a, a weird one-off reality show that went nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know that Mavis is really paying that much attention. It's just on. It's just on his background. Like for, for me, when I live alone, the TV is on every moment that I'm awake. Whether I'm watching it or not. <laughs> That's just the kind of person I am. I need my friends with me. You know, my friends... The Drummonds and well, I don't know. Will that be on like? Oh, that's on demand. I could watch Different Strokes twenty four hours a day if I wanted to, and those are my buddies from back in the day. So, like Mavis, I get I get that, and and the and just the, the touch that it's you know reality TV is. I think I think it's real. It's it's funny. It's smart. Um, and yeah, like you said, the apartment's a mess. Her printer's out of ink. Like, yeah, <laughs> like our we have a printer. I'm looking at it right now, and there is no ink in that printer. There is, no ink. There is not there's been ink cartridges. In that, there's not been ink in that printer for quite a few years. Quite now. a few years. There's cartridges. Pretty much since printer. we bought it. Well, I mean, when I did work in an office, it's like why bother? I just print everything there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's there for when I need it. Yeah. Do you miss that white um, MacBook? Yeah, I had one exactly like that. Oh, I think her white MacBook should have been dirtier. Oh, I so, <laughs> rewatching it. The, that was the first thing that struck me was how grimy. How, oh, was it dirty? Oh, okay, it's okay, really maybe dirty. I did, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't painted. And that, that was close beautiful. Attention. It was okay, just yeah. like, oh, right. Um, like this is the first indication we get that yeah. this person is garbage. Yeah. Everybody knows when your Mac keyboard gets really disgusting, <laughs> just buy a new computer, and it gets yes. dirty, <laughs> and you have to get out like the wipes like, and clean get... every single button. Q-tips and alcohol? No, I need a new MacBook at this point. <laughs> but you know what? 
kind of Mavis's uh, go-to is that you are drinking right now? Ah, the Diet Coke. The Diet Coke. Okay, mm-hmm. so I want to hear your take on the sh- the Mavis's relationship with soda. Pulling out the two-liter of Diet Coke, and like Kelly, like you said earlier, like a hamster in, <laughs> just in a cage, just, just sucking on it. Um, I have. No problem with that aesthetic because this morning as you were drinking your coffee, I said, I am, there's no soda in the fridge and I would very much like a Diet Coke right now. And so you went and got one for me. Um, I think maybe uh, to me, for me, the two liter bottle goes flat too fast. You have to tighten it like tighter than like. I don't have a good analogy for tightness right now, but you have to tighten it really tight. And if not, it goes flat. And I have a problem with flat soda, right? So for me, I like sodas out of a can. And especially like a Diet Coke cold out of a can, out of your fridge is like the best. I know everybody has thoughts on McDonald's fountain soda being like really good, which I, I'm not above. But to me, I would prefer a canned soda. And I think Mavis would have open, half-empty cans of Diet Coke littered around her apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, have, I have nothing against the two-liter bottle. I'm just saying they get a flat a little too fast. But maybe, maybe she doesn't care about flatness, and she just needs that, like, that flavor profile. There's also sort of a... A connection between people, you know, there's, you get three fourths of the way into the film and, and Mavis is sitting with her parents and says, I think I'm an alcoholic Yeah. and Diet Coke is the drink of alcoholics oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of a great, it's what's yeah, also in detail. that's what's yeah. also interesting about this movie is that Mavis is an alcoholic clearly, but it's never directly about Mavis Mavis's drinking problem or right. being an alcoholic. I mean, it adds to what a train wreck she is, but it's just it's sort not of her arc. It's just yeah. sort of no. there, yeah. which it's casual, an accessory. Yeah. Casual yeah. alcoholism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, give, me, give mm-hmm. me a good Jack and Diet, and I am set to start my night. <laughs> <laughs> to start watching the Drummonds. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, yeah, Jack and Diet, I would get a rum, a rum and Diet at the Roost. I would know and get my Rum and Diet ready for me. Um, but yeah, you're right. Diet Coke, love it. Um, yeah, so I guess that kind of leads to the whole idea of Mavis Gary being what you would refer to as, what is it, a static character? Is it yeah. static character? And that she does not grow at all mm-hmm. <laughs> in this movie. Her character has she, no arc. She's she almost does. And we'll, terrible. And we'll talk about that scene when we get to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of this movie, she has not made any well her revelation is you're right i am better than everyone here which is exactly which what is i a, thought when i got to this which is a very time. bold move for a screenplay <laughs> yeah too. yeah so we should probably set up the story of this movie that she gets a birth an emailed birthing announcement mm-hmm. from her ex-boyfriend that they just had a baby girl and just very much we had a kid if you're in town make it to our yeah to Naming our baby ceremony. shower yeah, naming I, ceremony. I don't which think is, I've ever yeah. been invited to something like this, but of course they happen. At least he says, yeah. like, oh, it's this little hippie thing that we're doing. At least he acknowledges and it. And this, this was kind of weird. The, but, you know. This was before um, gender reveal parties, too. <laughs> it was. It I was. mean, gender reveal parties are probably something from the, like, 
I mean, when did general oh, gender reveal parties know. become a thing? Probably the middle of the last decade. Around like 2015 or so. Did TikTok really just like mm-hmm. break them? Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a it's a weird little thing. I guess like a baptism would have been a little. I don't know. She couldn't have that meltdown at a baptism. That would have been. Then we really would have hated her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it was a baptism, we'd be like, okay, this is beyond, I'm out, this character sucks. So Mavis gets it in her head that Buddy Slade, her ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. that she's going to win him back. This yes. was kind of peak Mavis at this time. Mavis in high school, she was a beautiful high school mean girl. Kind of the best moments in her life were with Buddy, so she's going to go get him back. She's going to steal him from his wife. And newborn baby and bring him back to Minneapolis. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. Mm-hmm. I I just like the idea of she gets an email and it's not even from Buddy. It's from the wife, right? Or is it from Buddy? I mean, I, I think remember. that just the wife just was in Buddy's email and just sort of did a reply all or right. just sort of sent it to everyone. So she, so she, she gets this email with – it's a – it's an announcement for this party. It's got a picture of a baby on it, but that doesn't matter. She still prints it out on her shitty printer with no ink, and it's all disgusting, and is carrying it around mm-hmm. and just looking at it and keeps bringing the email up as she's trying to write. She'll, like, click her email thing, and it, like, pops up again. Um, Did you notice the voice of her editor, who it was? It's J.K. Simmons, J.K. isn't Simmons, it? Simmons, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a staple uh, Jason Reitman actor. Um, but yeah, I just, I just love this, like, like initially right off the bat, we get this crazy, like obsession and you know, the email is not, it's not his picture. It's not a picture of buddy. It's a picture of a baby. So she, and she doesn't care about the baby. She hates the baby, but she keeps pulling up the, the email. She keeps looking at it and she has the printout that she shows the friend and she's just like, look at this. Like, this is, this means something, right? Mm-hmm. Like just trying to like add some it's a sign. Yeah. It's a sign. Why did I get this? Yeah. Um, so I just kind of love that little like initial obsession that she, that she has. And yeah, I get that. Like what you were saying that like the best years of her life maybe were high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like, it was her time okay. with buddy. Okay. And she's seeing <laughs> that buddy is at a place in his life that she is not there. Right. And why is that? This yeah. is. A beautiful woman that I don't know. She's probably had a lot of things handed to her just because she looks the way she does. Mm-hmm. And she's finally seeing something that she does not have and she wants. Sure. I, I really like the scene with her and her friends when she's kind of showing her the invite. And they're just like, yeah, we got out. We got out. Like, thank God we're not in Mercury anymore. Those idiots. <laughs> but they didn't get far enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is always an element of the story that I can relate to a lot is complicated relationships with your hometown when you move away. Oh, yeah. Are you from L.A.? Are you from? So I am. I grew up just outside of Los Angeles. Very, very close to Peter. Actually, I think Peter and I grew up in the same town. I, I moved to that town in my late teens. Okay. Yeah. So we're from the same place-ish, yeah. and I have a very fraught relationship with it. And I also moved – you know, I got out. I was like, all right, I have like a moderate degree of success. Like I'm getting out of this town. And I also didn't get far enough. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's the thing about the greater Los Angeles area. There are parts of it that are little insular towns, you know, mm-hmm. and places, you know. So, uh, but then when you do move just into another <laughs> part of L.A., you feel like you got out. You're like, oh, yeah. oh I'm not in Alhambra anymore. But, I'm in the big city yeah. now. <laughs> oh but God. you're still just like a couple exits away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Mavis is looks like a couple hours, mm-hmm. maybe. Her little, her little drive back. The drive back into Mercury, I love because... I like the... It's on the poster, which I just noticed today before recording, but mm-hmm. the Victoria's Secret bag. Oh, Yeah. I love it. Oh, Just yeah. sort of a makeshift purse, put all this shit in the Victoria's Secret bag. And the dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So this is, a, this is a Pomeranian Dolce? Yes. Yeah, okay. and I know that Jason Reitman picked this dog because there's just a quality about Pomeranians that are always happy. They always have that smile. And it's kind of a funny uh, juxtaposition of how miserable Mavis is with this happy dog. How she treats this little dog. She doesn't mistreat Dolce. She just doesn't treat him at all. She just leaves him in the hotel room. (laughs) She Mm -hmm. just ignores him. And I don't think that palms are always happy. They always have a smile on their face. Yeah. Because if if someone else were to walk into that hotel room... Oh, they would be attacking them. Yeah, Dolce would not be happy. He would just be attacking them with a smile on his face. Because mm-hmm. that's just what they look like. <laughs> but he's cute as hell. But the little, like... When she is in her back in her apartment the first time and she opens up the little, like, Caesar, like, dog food, she's like, you want this? <laughs> I'm just going to place it on our eat it on out, the patio. Out of the cup that it came mm-hmm. in. <laughs> but that's just something about that, I don't know, that kind of person. And also, the, like, the time we live in, like, everything's just ready for you at the ready. So mm-hmm. you can just turn your house, turn your apartment into, a, like, a garbage pile. Just with everything that's, like, single service and ready to go and you don't have to really do anything for yourself or mm-hmm. cook or, like, prepare anything for your animal. You just buy stuff, put it out, and leave it out and not put it away. The type of things that you never see in movies, too. But Mavis is that kind of person that, if you don't know, her house looks a certain way. She's not a slob. She puts herself together and you're just like, all right. Okay. She becomes Night Mavis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Night Mavis with a little clip in hair and like all of that. Just whenever she shots of her on her bed face down, like she just planted herself <laughs> on her bed. And the outfit when she from the wandered previ- in from in the, the outfit day. from the previous day. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of the most amazing thing about this performance. I mean, everything that Charlie's Throne does in this is incredible, but it's such a physical performance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you don't see that the first time you see these. It's like the fourth or fifth watch. It's just the way she like slumps into a hotel room mm-hmm. and like unloads herself everywhere. Like it's such a specific carriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all that, like you were saying, it shows all that stuff that movies don't really, they always edit out of life. Like just like slumping your huge like luggage onto the thing and your beautiful people being ugly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the two of us, Scott and I partake in our share of RuPaul's Drag Race, but scenes of her putting her makeup on and slapping yeah. that foundation. And I'm just like, oh my God, that is so much work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all of that, that does, that's, a, that's not even her skin color. And then by the end of it, it's like, that's her face. That's her, uh, her evening face. And you're just like, holy shit. A big character note with Mavis that I'd like that, 
even she's kind of a mess, but Mavis always has immaculate nails that she oh, always wow. goes and gets her her nails done. <laughs> Those close ups of like the cuticles, I love that. The, the mm-hmm. manicure, the manicure close ups are funny, but then her, the look on her face as they're doing everything, she's just like, oh god, <laughs> just hurry up, stop touching my feet, stop touching my hands, do what you need to do. Um, yeah, the, yeah, she always gets the. The manicures and pedicures. The shots of Mavis driving down. Okay, so every town has a stretch of road like this where it's hotels, restaurants. Yeah. and The mall. The mall. And Mavis <laughs> is just scowling at all of these signs as she's driving down the road. The giant staples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Kentaco Hut. The Kentaco Hut. Okay, so I know that I don't think that um, Pizza Huts are ever in this. It's usually a KFC Taco Bell. No, it's usually a KFC Pizza Hut or a Taco oh, Bell. Okay, it's usually any combination of two of the three. So they had to have the I've prop never department. Seen all three. They had to have the prop department make up that sign. Maybe mm-hmm. somewhere in America there is a Kentaco Hut, but I've only seen any combination of two of those. I feel like at a time was a thing, and it didn't Probably. last very long. Yeah. But I definitely remember driving through a Taco Bell and getting like breadsticks with yeah. my like double decker taco. Yeah, yeah. I mean, KFC Taco Bell is definitely a thing, and mm-hmm. we could probably find one somewhere. Um, but yeah, and also her Hampton Inn is next to I think there's like a Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> and like something else in the little strip mall that's next to sell your gold or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, cash for gold stuff like that. Um, and when she does meet uh, Buddy. And he's telling her about how, like, Mercury's, like, coming up. He's like, we're getting a Chipotle. He's got a Chipotle <laughs> in the mall. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> and kind of for me, of someone that's that's moved to the big city, of that my life might look impressive, but <laughs> I just have a lonely podcast and I work at a grocery store. So it's really not that impressive, even though I live in the greater Los you, Angeles you area. You got out, man. And whenever I go back, I do have to check myself that... I am not better than all of these people, <laughs> even though I might sometimes think I am. I am not. And what I like about the screenplay with the character of Buddy and his wife, played by Elizabeth Reeser, what's her name? Uh, uh, the, the wife's character. Yeah, the wife's yeah, character is that they're both genuinely happy. And that is yeah. something that I've noticed when going back to my small town is that the people that still live there are, are pretty content for the most part of what I've seen of that. They're happy living in... This small town in Montana, and there's a lot of beauty in that. And I can't get in that toxic mindset that Mavis is in of I'm better than you because I got my ass out. I mean, there's something to be said for the middle class fancy mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Do you know? I, like, I mean, I love a middle class fancy I mean, life. My parents, my, both of my parents graduated from Fergus High in Lewistown, and they both still live there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like the whole like my my mother's aesthetic, you know, yeah. the <laughs> the I, I I kind of like the fact that there there is that middle class fancy just like we own this house. It's got a lot of nice shit in it. I've got decor for every season of the year, <laughs> you know. <We're laughs> um and uh she she likes going to the mall on Mondays and walking around and do do doing all that stuff and per, perfectly content with that kind of uh, you know the middle class fancy mm-hmm. uh, Nance and Rand 
also kind of lifestyle. Her name is Beth. Beth Beth. Slade. Mm -hmm. The character of Beth also seems pretty damn cool. She works with. Well, that's the other thing. She works with special needs kids. They have to. They had to. I think you have to make Beth kind of untouchable as a character. She's the only character in the entire film who's not a monster in yes. any capacity. Yeah, like she's yeah. just beaming and great, and you want to hang out with her, yeah. or you want to be married to her, yeah. or you're just like she is best case scenario. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when she showed the emotions chart, and you well, saw Charlize yeah, looking yeah. at it, yeah. and you're kind of thinking, can this character <laughs> even yeah. know where she is on this chart? Well, like, she said she doesn't feel anything. She doesn't feel anything. What's neutral? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the whole idea of Beth. She's like, well, that's what we're going to teach these kids. <laughs> Maybe you are. Uh, yeah. Um, I do love the uh, nipple confusion. Is really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band of moms. Now, you mentioned that you love a band in a movie that sound like a crappy garage band. Well, they just don't sound like professional musicians. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes yeah. in movies, like they'll, like t- like children. Like, oh, Lindsay Lohan in... in uh, and Freaky Friday, <laughs> Friday that have this is like playing I mean, this guitar like Slash. How like, are they all not right. <laughs> all right. signed to a label yeah. already? Mm-hmm. Come on. Well, I mean, at that point, she's Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but you know, nipple confusion when they play, and the well, and also the first song they play is Teenage Fan Club, mm-hmm. and it's like Mavis thinks this is like her song with Buddy, it's their song, um, and they play it, but. So, which is like this character moment for her. She's just like, fuck you. But I do love, I do appreciate the fact that they sound like a bunch of moms. Just like, let's, let's have this fun little band mm-hmm. in the garage for a while. Uh, fake drumming is difficult to pull off because drumming is difficult to pull off. It's a very like, um, what's Mavis's reaction when she hears that Beth is the drummer? How embarrassing. How <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, drumming is very, like, uh, patting your head and rubbing your stomach at the same time, walking and chewing gum. It's very, like, you... It's fucking hard. And even faking it is hard. Well, not just that, but, like, anybody who dates musicians knows, like, you want to date the, the drummer. drummer. Like, the drummer's I, always yeah. really hot. I was, like, I was like, Mavis doesn't know what she's mm-hmm. fucking talking about. The drummer about of no because doubt. Because she maybe thinks that, oh, how embarrassing, they're in the mm-hmm. back or whatever. But the drummers are fucking crazy <laughs> they always have slamming bodies and usually shirtless you know um so yeah she she missed out but maybe they weren't in bands maybe at the, at the time when they were in high school like being in you know the bands weren't like but he or, was in the band or maybe it's just sort of mavis in that high school mindset of you're a band kid how embarrassing well being in a band is different from being in yeah. band mm-hmm. right sure because <laughs> you were, you were in band, mm-hmm. you were in a band. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't have been um, the but uh, but what I was saying was Elizabeth Reeser is maybe she did you know practice playing drums and is semi proficient because like even like you can mime playing guitar, you can mime you know playing uh, like bass or uh, even the trumpet as I have mimed on national television once. Uh, we'll get into that later, but um, miming playing the drums is is difficult to pull off, mm-hmm. as um, indicated by one 
Tara Reed and Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> <laughs> that that fake drumming is notoriously not great. The but, greatest um, music film ever. Made. I mean, that is a documentary. We have I, not I? we have not gotten to Josie and the Pussycats yet on the show. Yeah, that that movie is really good. But um, yeah, but. Cheers. Tip of my hat to Elizabeth Reeser. We for, should for her probably talk about the character of Matt. Matt. Pat Oswalt. Played by yes, Pat Oswalt. That when. Um, what does she call him? The, uh, when Mavis goes to her hometown bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the name of the bar. It had yeah. a really Woody's. Good, Woody's. It, I was like, it had a really good name. Yeah. can't remember. But she runs into Matt from high school. Yeah. The. Uh, not the special ed kid. What does she call him? Hate crime. The hate, You're that crime. hate crime guy. You should have just said that. Because at, at first she's just like, oh, yeah, man, of course. Man, free huff, whatever. But then but, she figures but, it but out. You know she's what? Like, oh, but you know what? I'm getting to that age that it's been almost 20 years since high school. And my sister sometimes mentions people that I knew in high school of, mm-hmm. oh, I just met so-and-so. And I have nothing. Just like, who? I'm just like, I do not remember who this person is. Yeah. That it's a weird feeling of when you've gotten that far away from high school that you kind of start to forget about people. Right. Mm-hmm. So the Matt Freehoff character, the hate crime kid, um, you know, he's wearing his like Death to the Pixies t-shirts and like all of this stuff. Do you, I don't know if it's – is that heavy-handed or is that real? Like are guys like that still wearing their like – he he's wearing these band t-shirts – from you know the nineties, um, he's obviously like lording over that jukebox at Woody. <laughs> I think they're you know showing every character being arrested in their own way. Yes, yes. yeah, and yeah. he's he's painting action figures. He's he's listening to the music. He has a lot I mean, in common with Mavis. Yes. Mm-hmm. As every character does, and and as his sister does, who turns yes. out to be love the, the final the boss villain. Yep. Of mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about her later, but I, I love that character. Final boss, absolutely. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Yeah. Um, and there's many. So his character advances emotionally and intellectually right. in a way mm-hmm. that no one else in this film really does. He gets to yeah. call Mavis out to her face too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I, I like I like this character. I I appreciate that he um, is making whiskey as opposed to craft beer. <laughs> this was pre craft. <laughs> this beer. was pre craft. You're right. You're right. Because the door opened and I had I hadn't seen the movie in a while and the garage door opens and I was like, "That's not beer. What the hell is he making?" And she's like, "What are you making, moonshine?" <laughs> Her just taking a giant swig of that bottle. I am. The Star Wars juice. I mean, mm-hmm. the Star Wars juice. Well, let me just say this. You're making your, like, craft whiskey in your house. You can't name it Moss Eisley. They're going to, like, the, the lawyers are going to, like... Well, it's not like Matt's going to be selling this. I think it's just something that he's just going to have. I think the blue-haired lawyer from The Simpsons is going to be knocking on his door. We represent the estate, the estate of George of Lucas. <laughs> yes. And my goons are here. <laughs> yeah, you cannot... Continue calling this. And there's just something so sad about the character of Matt when he is telling the story of how when he was beat up, a supposed hate crime, and then you find out that Matt wasn't even gay. 
And it's just so sad of that. Yeah. Oh, it's just you just you, you just got the shit beat out of you. And then not only that, mm-hmm. he he kind of became like a like a national like poster child for like hate crimes or whatever. And then he said it all stopped when they found out he was. And no one cared. No one cared anymore. Well, on top of not being gay, he's also not like the right kind of handicap. Right. So sure. he's you know. The other, when her cousin shows mm-hmm. up and he's like the happy, we have to call him like the happiest cripple in town. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. It's very, those are not my words. No, those yes. are the words of the direct <laughs> quote from the film. Movie. Um, he rolls up and he's just like, he's talking about rock climbing and he's really positive. And yeah. the juxtaposition, like you, you see, and you this know, is when the you, audience's eyes. When you, know, you really you, see both of these characters yeah. kind of unite and that. They just fucking hate this guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> just these two assholes scowling at this happy well man. mavis straight up yeah. says he got so much attention oh, like it happened on her 16th birthday yeah it, it happened on her 16th birthday and she was just like he got so much like attention. how dare you be happy with your disability <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah and the, <laughs> um i kind of love though when you know they form this friendship and she'll just call him and say like do you want to go do you want to go get loaded or whatever and she is constantly making him do things on his crutch and like mangled leg. Let's go have a. I gotta tell you the story. Let's go. But have I gotta a, tell you outside. Let's go have a conversation outside in the woods <laughs> yeah. on uneven terrain. Yeah. yeah, or let's just go to just go to the alley. Like what the? F- She's constantly making him follow her all over. So she has zero kind of like you know awareness of anybody else. What's going on with anybody else? It's just. I mean, in both of those situations, she's pretty blasted you know the first time she mm-hmm. says i'll tell you why i'm here the opening clip i'll tell you why i'm here but i can't tell you inside so now he's gonna get up and follow her out to the fucking alley and that time she's really drunk but then when when they go to the woods she's not even drunk well maybe she's kind of drunk <laughs> we gotta no we gotta go to the woods behind the school and he's like fuck fuck's sake all right she makes him walk across the football oh, field mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and then now into uneven territory in, in the woods I love when she says, what did you say? She's, this used to be Hump City. <laughs> this used to be Hump City back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's something that growing up in the greater Los Angeles area, just the woods behind the school. We, I cannot even imagine we the shenanigans sort of had, that would happen. We sort of had woods yeah. behind our school. You're so lucky. Your entire town we was also surrounded had a, by woods. We also had a, uh, a creek. Or in Montana, as we would say, crick, crick, crick. a yeah. crick right the crick behind the school through mm-hmm. the entire town. Did anybody ever go under the street and come out the other side? Oh yeah, I think kids do it all the time when floating. Oh, I would God. never do it because I would not in a you would probably years. get stabbed by a tree branch or yeah. something. <laughs> okay, there. Uh, we went to the bar, our Woodies in yeah. Lewistown, Montana, the tavern. The creek runs underneath the bar, and there's a window where you can see it. it there's like it looks like a well mm-hmm. in the middle of the bar with like what do you call it uh, plastic, you know? And you can sometimes see see fish that hang out there. <laughs> yeah. And I remember about 15 years ago, kids um, uh, were tubing underneath. They broke the glass and they robbed the bar. It was a whole big thing. <laughs> they climbed up through the well. Yeah. 
This is so awesome. So first of all, <laughs> this sounds it all sounds very fancy. Yeah. I mean, we just grew up in in like a concrete yeah. kind of sadness. So yeah. everything you're saying sounds magical. And I'm, like you had a creek to dump bodies in. Yeah, you exactly. Could float places. Kids mm-hmm. robbed a bar through a well. This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> you were just a charmed existence. Yeah. yeah. I think now. Isn't it? There's just, bars on it. I was going to say it's mm-hmm. not just it's not glass. It's that kind of I, I can't think of the plexi word glass? plexi like glass. Yeah. Yeah. It's plexi. Mm-hmm. So and then now said, over the plexi, there's like an iron, <laughs> like medieval. My like, dad game. told me that when he was young, that there was no plexi oh, yeah, glass no plexi. there. You could that just it, jump it was, into you the could crick. just fully just jump in. <laughs> Oh my god. Close my tab. I'm going home. This oh my god, just straight through the well. This is this is amazing. Yeah. That's wild. Kind of thinking of when I'll go back to the Lewistown Tavern now. And it's something that this script does is that you'll be surprised the people that you hit it off with that you went to high school with. Yeah. That you'll be kind of like, oh, we didn't hang out in high school, but you're pretty fucking cool. You're cool now. You're Mm -hmm. fine. Whatever. Yeah. Or people um, that you probably didn't get along with that you'll happily have a beer with now. So just sort of interesting things when you get older. Let me, let me tell you this about Montana and Lewistown in particular. Everybody's really nice. Yeah. For the most part. Oh, to yeah, my, definitely. To, to my face. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're saying when we leave. But maybe maybe they're uh, they're just drunk off of uh, crick fumes mm-hmm. coming, out, coming out of the- Coming out of the well in the bar. Yeah. The well's not in the middle of the bar. It's kind of like when you walk in, it's like off to the side. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't have like a hometown bar. I mean, there is a hometown bar, but I didn't want to go there. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think that your Woody's is just the roost. (laughs) And Los Feliz. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the... uh, I, I like that the other people in town, though, are still kind of confused about Matt. Though I'm pretty sure he's gay. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, he's not. Um, I like when we first meet Buddy at this, like, barn grill daytime mm-hmm. situation. Also, Mavis texting just so she doesn't have to have human interaction with people. <laughs> just so she doesn't have to look at people. She is fake texting on her little Blackberry. Yeah. Which is something that I think that we've all done. I had that blackberry. Is I'm going to stare at Instagram just so I don't have to look at people. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Buddy is played by Patrick Wilson. And he is a father of a newborn. You know, he's 37, ostensibly. And he walks in. And, I mean, it's Patrick Wilson. So it's kind of hard to, like rough him up a little bit Mm -hmm. but he still does come in looking kind of slumped like he's unshaven he's just like in a flannel as dressed down as you can possibly make patrick wilson yeah yeah. let me just say this when i was in college kind of obsessed with patrick wilson of just these movies that he was in around this time like little children the way that those films objectify him of (laughs) oh just how todd field films him in that movie and those shoulders (laughs) He's a handsome man. Yeah, he's a, he's he's a, a very handsome he's man. He's a good-looking guy. And I think in this movie, they're really trying their damnedest to make it look like he's tired. You know, he's he's just an every an every man well, I think kind it, of a... He's really handsome. Yeah. But she is just one of, in any context, anywhere in the world, she's just one of the most beautiful yes. women of history. Like, yes. she's yeah. just... Have she's you so ever seen looking. her out in the wild in L.A.? 
No, I haven't. So I remember around the time this movie came out, I think it was around 2012, we did the live reading of The Breakfast Club directed by Jason Reitman. Yeah. At LACMA. At this time at LACMA, he was doing live readings, a movie script. Do you remember a cast? So it was uh, Jennifer Claire Garner. was Jennifer Garner. She was very pregnant. Aaron yeah. Paul was uh, Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Pat, uh, Patrick Wilson. No, no. Uh, Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt was Anthony Michael, Anthony Michael Hall. Hall. Mindy Kaling was Ali Sheedy. Yeah. J.K. Simmons just read. He read the principal, and he read the in the janitor. The janitor, and uh, is which is weird because they have a scene together. Jason Vanderbeek <laughs> too was James was Emilio. Uh, James Vanderbeek was Emilio. And I remember um, we were sitting in, but it was a, it was a, this is amazing. Yeah, but it was a reading, so they're just sitting in directors' chairs on a stage. I don't even watching. think that this space is even there anymore. But they had a little theater that was pretty much like a high school auditorium. It was the Bing, yeah, yeah, it was the Bing, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like sitting in a high school auditorium in wooden chairs. And I remember we were sitting there, and I see this woman, and I'm just like, Pete, that's Busy Phillips. But she was sitting. We were sitting in our seats, and it was yeah. the back of her head. I was and like, it was just long. I think that's there. Busy Phillips over there. And Pete's like, no, that's Charlize Theron. <laughs> and I was like, oh. They're both very beautiful. If, yeah. if I were to just run into Busy Phillips on the street, I would say, bitch, <laughs> I mistook you for, I mistook Charlize Theron for, for you. you. How do you like that? Um, let me say this. Taller than the both of us, but not that much taller than the both. I expected her to be like... 20 feet tall. Yeah. Like she's like Home Depot skeleton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Say just, over, just over six foot. No, I don't even think that. Not even that? I don't even think that. I think she was like 5'11". I remember she had very skinny legs. And when we... When not skinny. Not like Sutton Strack. Yeah. Uh, real oh, no. Wives. Not at all. No. Just like, you know, she's... She looked great. But supermodel like legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember we were walking out and I made it a point of when we were walking out, we're going to walk right next to her. We were following her ass. We were, <laughs> we, were, we were walking right next to her out. Trying to smell her hair. And you could sort of tell when you looked around at people walking next to her of, holy We're just shit. like, look straight. Holy shit. Everybody, we're everybody walking right next to Charlize Theron. <laughs> and she has that really cool quality about her of, no, I'm not going to say anything to her. Because yeah. that is what are, what are you gonna say? That is Charlize Theron. We're the, we're That's a, not a human. And yeah. she is not somebody <laughs> yeah. to be fucked with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we gonna say at this LACMA thing? Like it's not we're not there for her. She's just in the audience for She's just enjoying friends, it like all know. of us. Yeah, yeah. She's so, a proud parent at a school yeah, play. <laughs> Absolutely. But as somebody that I don't really get starstruck when I see famous people, like I think it's cool, but I remember seeing her. She was one of the like, oh shit. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Um it's and you know looking how she looks and being this Mavis, being Mavis Gary and being this girl in high school. I guess it makes sense to cast Patrick Wilson as Buddy. Kind of I don't know yeah. how it would have been if it was just like somebody not as crazy attractive, not as beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But you know they really they like we we're saying like I was saying in, the, in this scene, um, they're really trying to like make him make him look dressed down because. As the the tired newborn parent that he is, and I like the way he plays. I like the way he plays all the scenes with her because she's just like saying all this weird, inappropriate shit, and he's just like, "Yeah, <laughs> I love my kid." Yeah. <laughs> I also like Mavis when she has to fake being nice. Sure, of when she's talking to him that. Her voice is raised just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not how mm-hmm. she speaks to Pat Oswald. This is. Mavis almost trying to put on this front with Buddy. Yeah. It's also the first scene where 
the cra- like unambiguously the cracks are starting to show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He is saying things. She's projecting this fantasy of him and he is saying these things back to her that don't match up with what she wants. Like, yeah. like I think the line is, uh, oh, you sound like one of your crazy characters. And the look on her face, you see her eyebrow go up and she's like, <laughs> don't accept that. And then right back into the, the fake mm-hmm. front. It's an incredible performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's interesting later on in the movie when, you know, she does have her big meltdown and she's like why did you invite me and he straight up says like i didn't invite you like beth kind of suggested it and and thought we should do it and so it's interesting that how he's kind of playing it he's just trying to play it as cool as he can which is pretty evil in itself like kind of there's a lot of you know and, and I think this is like, this is a real like nice guy thing. And I yeah. think Diablo Cody really gets this right where he, there's a lot of plausible deniability, yes. but he keeps putting himself into situations mm-hmm. that he clearly yeah. wants to be in with her right. while giving himself the out yeah. of, of, oh, I didn't know it was happening. I'm yeah. just a nice guy. Like he sh- You kissed me. Oh no. If it's this scary. was the situation, he shouldn't have met her at the at the bar and grill to have hard jack. Shouldn't the, have had the of the day. her drive him home. Shouldn't have had her drive. Yeah. Shouldn't have gotten drunk at the, at the thing and then accepted a ride from her. But you know, you're right. It is very like, yeah, that's super like nice guy. Like one one just like what? <laughs> I didn't do it. Yeah. Hard jacks. I'm assuming is like, uh, that's fake, right? I think, I think it's that's fake, fake that but it's supposed the to be movie, like a, I think it's like a cider. I think it's like a spike like cider. Like a spike cider, mm-hmm. a hard lemonade kind of a thing, which... Gabartles and James. Yeah, yeah. Which for her to order, it's cute, but it's like at the same time, like, okay. But it's, <laughs> also, but it's also a drink that Mavis F5. would never order. No, yeah. But she's just, she's ordering it because Buddy likes it. She was drinking the hell out of them at Woody's too mm-hmm. by herself before she, before she met um, Patton Oswalt. But... I can really relate sometimes that we're night owls when she says, how about eight o'clock? Six is fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And she goes fully dressed. When you're you know. friends with parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she shows up fully dressed for like the club yeah. at the saddest Hooters knockoff yeah. any of us have ever seen. Oh, but it's we got a full bright fluorescent light. We got to give a shout out to one of my favorite scenes of the movie. I almost did the opening clip to it, but when she goes into Macy's and she's talking to the sales clerk. Can I help you find something? Sure, I'm not having a ton of luck here. Is this something for work? No, it's a special occasion. It's not a formal occasion. I'm looking for something chic, clean. But also a bit edgy. Okay. We have some adorable new dresses that just came in. Yeah. Do you have uh, Marc Jacobs? Uh, no, I don't think we have that one. Mm. I'm going to a rock concert with an old flame. And I think there is a chance we may reconnect. <laughs> Let's show him what he's been missing. No, he's seen me recently. He knows. But his wife hasn't seen me in a while, so... Well... It's the end of my shift, and my son has to be picked up from school. So I'm just going to send over another associate. She's up on all the trends. Shauna? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like thumbing through everything. Oh, he knows. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to show him what he's missing. Oh, he's seen oh, me. Oh, he's seen me. He knows. <laughs> but his wife hasn't. <laughs> and, and just the look on the Macy employee's yeah. face. Of, I'm just going to – This is my shift is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but yeah, it's like she's in now. She's back in in Mercury, so she's just like, I guess I gotta go to me. I just gotta go to the mall to get 
I mean, Macy, uh, Mercury must be a pretty decent town. They have they they have a Macy's. They have a mall. They have big Macy's. They have a, they have yeah. a, a pretty decent sized Macy's. Yeah. Where did mm-hmm. they shoot this? I think it's shot in New York. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. But it looks exactly like Minnesota, though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really uh, it's very smart the way her parents are introduced. Just driving down the street and stalking her. Just seeing M- Mavis walk down the walk down the street. And what's also funny is that Mavis keeps telling people that she's in town on business. Yeah, real estate, real estate, real estate. <laughs> and as just sort of a cover of while of why she's actually there. Yeah, but like I, each time I watch this movie, and it's usually big breaks in between. So when I watch it, and there's her mom. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this is her hometown. Mm-hmm. Why isn't she staying with her parents? Her, she hasn't even called her mom to say, I'm going to be in town. Like, this whole thing, she's just like, I can't. I don't want to. I'm, I'm not here for that. That's a whole separate conversation. That's a whole separate visit. So I won't even. But then it's like, this is a small town. Everybody knows that you're here for real estate. And your aunt. Your aunt's. Your aunt's going to be really... She's a little hurt. Your aunt's a little hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not using her for the listing. <laughs> like, I love that kind of shit. Because that's the kind of stuff your parents lay on you. Okay, so like, we I'm were... going to be in trouble for, like, So we were whatever. talking off mic about the backstory of Mavis being married. And her wedding photos are still up. And her mom yeah. just likes to keep them up just because it's a happy wedding. It's a or, happy memory. It's a happy... It's a happy memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> I was going to say, like, you know, my we have uh, uh, one of our wedding photos, mm-hmm. or our wedding photo, in my mother's living room. It's big, too. Well, she has my <laughs> – she has full-on, like, poster-size canvas prints of our wedding photo with the family. And then my younger sister, Jamie's wedding photo, another canvas giant print – and then one that we just did of the family, like, out in the park. And then down the hallway is all the wedding photos. but And cruise photos. And it's always really awkward when there is a spouse of somebody that is no longer married to my, them. One of my brothers <laughs> got divorced last year. And she's in all the pictures. She's in the big canvas prints. And... My mother is on a quest to get her Photoshop. I, my mom said that she can probably do it. I need to email my mom the photo. I love that your moms are like colluding on this. That's yeah. Cool. And my mom's pretty good at doing shit like that too. Yeah. With this photography. Is, this mm-hmm. is a real family. This, like, is, this is like, this is what everyone dreams of marrying into. Like, right. The in-laws can work together to get rid yeah. of the ex I remember yeah. when I was texting my mom about it of, so we have a family photo and you're pretty good at Photoshop, right? And my mom immediately replies, who do you want to get rid of? <laughs> yeah um and in the picture that's just a family picture it's not a wedding photo she lists right out you can easily close the gap but in the wedding photo my brother has his hand like he's behind her and they're kind of like in a row and he has his hand on her like on her waist and so if you lift her out his hand is just kind of floating there mm-hmm 
Wait, does it work to just bring your brother to Photoshop him into the foreground and then like paint out him like behind himself? He's in Scotland. Oh no. Oh no. So there's going to be a lot of like back and forth. So we either have to remove his hand because the thing is if we close the gap and bring him in, now his hand is on my stepdad's. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. It's it's a stepdad. That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's his dad. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a whole thing. But, um, you know, we have the family photos. Up, and so she no longer has their wedding picture up because that's, you know. Because she's a good person. Yeah, because it's a reminder of not just a happy day, but a failed marriage. Or just yes. something that's painful to your brother. Yes, which exactly. Mavis's yeah. parents clearly do not yeah. care about Mavis's feelings. They yeah. care about seeing the happy memory. Yeah. It might be yeah. different if uh, your brother still lived here, too, and he was over a lot. That would like to take down the actual big pictures? Yeah. 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 But it's like, the thing is, it's like, it's our wedding photo. Sure. Yeah. But it's... <laughs> yeah, it's gigantic. <laughs> It's like the size of a poster, but it's horizontal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's on a big canvas, and it's in the living room. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think maybe yeah, but she doesn't want to. But they're good pictures. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is some. This is something that's real. That's happening. Here's in my life. something that I think this actually happens in real life with people's parents is keeping the kids' bedroom the same as a shrine. Because Mavis can go into her childhood bedroom. They've kept her car. I think that's weird. I think that's weird, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, her nail put, like, all that stuff, like, things she just didn't take. I feel like, yeah, I I think... It's like, we're going to keep Mavis's room because that's her room. Yeah. Meanwhile, my mom was like, oh, you're off to college. I'm flipping your bedroom to, like, a workout area. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's like a separate TV room, too, Mm -hmm. your bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, which is fine like that's their house they can yeah. do whatever they want with it yeah 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 i'm getting a lot of texts nowadays from uh my stepdad fi- uh, with a lot of like um toys uh random he texted me a photograph of a ninja turtle suitcase asking if it was mine i was like no that's that's one of that's one of the brothers uh, and he's like, well, do you want it? And I was like, no. No. Uh, well, do you think we can get anything for it? No. <laughs> Just throw it away or send it to out of the closet. <laughs> I mean, somebody will want that Ninja Turtle suitcase. It's a cute suitcase. And it's mm-hmm. the kind that's like the old fashioned with the handle. And it's not like a rolly one. Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. Um, so it's probably fully from like. 1989, but I'm just like, no, thanks. I don't, I don't want the Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of photographs lately of things of what do, do I want? Um, this is yours. You left it here. Okay, I don't. I don't it's okay. <laughs> if, it's, if it's still there, it's okay. You can get exactly. rid of it. <laughs> you left this here. I left. <laughs> First of all, I never lived in that house. You moved into that house ten years ago. <laughs> So should we actually talk about when Mavis gets to the to the I want to say baby shower, but it's a the naming ceremony. The naming ceremony. Yes. 
yes. So wait, have we discussed what leads up to the naming that Mavis has kissed? Right at the nipple confusion the, show. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, which another character. The babysitter, my favorite character oh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who just fucking hates her immediately. Where's Beth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I saw lights. Where's Beth? Um, yeah, he gets so drunk at the nipple confusion show, but the girls want to stay out. So Mavis is like, I'll take him home. <laughs> like, I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's been pounding back some drinks. Tequila shots. Yeah, so I'm kind of surprised that Beth is And just like, I'm sure. assuming that she's probably taking a shot at the bar and then walking back. Yeah, with two more shots. Yeah. yeah. As you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they have this conversation in the driveway and she like goes in for, yeah, it's it's a mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you said, the like plausible deniability, you're just like, oh, I'm drunk at this show. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't stop her until the babysitter comes out and then, yeah. and then sort of rolls into the, I don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. see you later. Yeah. Sort yeah. of line. So she leaves and goes to drink again with uh, Patton Oswalt. Mm-hmm. And this is not the point where she realizes that she has made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I don't recall which hangout session this is with Patton Oswalt. Oh, this is They Go to the Woods. This is the yeah. Woods, yeah. And he tells her she doesn't know how to be an adult. And she's, yeah. she's saying really horrible things to him about uh, what had happened to him in high school. Yeah. And, and they separate. And then she gets the invitation to come to the naming, the yeah. naming ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it, you know, the things she's saying to him about, like, you're dwelling on the past and you, like, let it go and all that stuff. And she's like, are you fucking serious, dude? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're telling me all this stuff. Um, is this the dress that she buys at Macy's? No, I, no, it's that's what she wore to to the fake Hooters. I think that, that she buys this dress at the Macy's. Uh, okay. I think maybe she got both. I don't know. Sure, but um, yeah, this this outfit for the naming ceremony is very like I real don't know. estate agent chic. Yeah, sure, and it's all in one piece too. Because well, when she takes we it know. off, yeah. it's oh, right, all, she zips it up. It's yeah. all in one. We thought it was a blouse and a skirt. It's mm-hmm. like a dress. Um, but yeah, it's like the French twist. Like, yeah, she's kind of putting on her battle armor <laughs> when she's putting on her makeup, and she does her hair. Sure. That she's going into battle to get her knight. Is this yeah. is this uh, bow on the front of her blouse or dress? Is it a pussy bow? Is it a pussy bow? <laughs> it's pussy bow adjacent for yeah. sure, but it's almost like an Austin Powers like. Sure, cravat. yeah, it cravat, does. Yeah. It does give me um, real estate agent. Bench sign. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she she goes into the party oh and God. she sees Buddy's mother, and yeah. goes into you know thinks assumes that the mother's going to be very excited to see her and gives her a huge hug and the yeah. mother is alarmed. Yeah, it's like what are you doing <laughs> here? Yeah, Jan. <laughs> and, and Jan is not having it because Jan is a human being with eyes and ears and she's not she's not buying any of this act. Yeah. Um, and Charlie's Theron's character. Uh, Mavis, I'm sorry, Mavis. Mavis. <laughs> Mavis asks Buddy to talk in a room alone, which red flag. Oh She's already red kissed flag. him. Like, yeah. Buddy, what are you doing? So they go into the bedroom and she just starts unloading yeah. her feelings for him and assuming he feels the same. And there's a, a really interesting continuity issue here where when she walks into the room, oh. her lipstick is very, very, very dark white. Oh. And she tries to kiss him again, and he pushes her face away. Yeah. And her lipstick color becomes a much, much more muted red color. Oh, okay. And I was I don't know if it's intentional or I if think it's, it's just an it's accident. It's probably like a character choice. It's so great. Interesting. I've never noticed that. 
He pushes her face. <laughs> he like puts his hand on her head and is like, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the interaction with, with his mother. It was just very much like, what the fuck is going on? The, uh, Jan is played by Mary Kay Place. She's in the world according to Garp. Um, Mary Kay Place? Not Mary Kay Place. Oh, um, I was say, this is a very Mary Kay Place type of role. It's, but Mary, it, Beth it's, Hurt. it's Mary Beth Mary Hurt. Mary Beth Hurt. It's Mary sure. Beth Hurt. Yeah, she's in the world according to Garp. Um, she's a big, like, 80s, mm-hmm. like, uh, actress of a certain age. Um, yeah, that's that scene is wild, but I'm just like, why is he even going in the room with her? Right. I'm just like, just say, like, yeah, I got shit to do. Like, what do you got? You know, like walk and talk. Yeah, no, like, no more alone time. No, 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 no. We got to, especially at this party, you know, and there's that great shot of the babysitter talking to the band members from Nipple Confusion, oh, just like yeah. watching her, like just walk glaring at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do love, too, the, the, the other girls in the band are just like, can you fucking Fuck believe this she's bitch. here? Yeah. So what the hell is she doing? <laughs> But they also mind their business. Like, they yeah. don't get involved, which is impressive and unrealistic. Yeah. They're just kind of sitting, standing back as, you know, Mavis takes uh, Buddy away in the car and all that. But, yeah, that's, that shot of, of the babysitter and, and the girls in the band just looking at her walking up the stairs. And um, this, all, this is all leading up to the big, yeah. her big monologue. I mean, I get that this is an adult party, but there's a lot of booze at this party. There is a lot. <laughs> Of booze at this party. Well, I mean, maybe maybe it's just like it's this sangria that's being passed around. It's in like pictures or sangria Pete loves everywhere. The, he loves the shot of Charlize picking up the fruit and throwing it on the ground. Oh, I didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. I thought she was just throwing ice out of her oh, whiskey. Oh, no. It's, it, she got sangria and she's th- – well, that's another little continuity error too because at first she just has the cup and she picks up a big orange slice and just throws it on the table. But then she's walking out on the lawn because everybody's now on the lawn and she's still throwing more. I was like, how much fruit is in that sangria? Um, but there was a big punch bowl of sangria. So I'm assuming that Beth was just like, we'll have the big sangria out, but then we'll just have other drinks. And maybe people just brought stuff because there is – this is like Halloween party status, mm-hmm. like bar, you know, table. And um, Yeah. This big we moment. Have big, we have the big, yeah, the big meltdown at the party. Um, was are Mavis's parents there the whole time, or do they just show up? Because it takes her a minute to stop. You just, just see her, her, yeah. You just see them outside on the grass. Yeah, maybe they just found out that she was there. I think that they're invited. I think they're invited. Yeah, I think okay. they're invited. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes the mom way too long to stop. <laughs> to- to intervene. Well, I think we've established that Mavis's parents do not care yeah. about Mavis in the way yeah. that would have perhaps encouraged Mavis to be a better person. Yeah, true. Because, like, we see, you know, the her father kind of acknowledging her, like, little tick. Like, oh, of pulling her hair pulling out? Pulling her hair mm-hmm. out. But the way he addresses it is just like, you're still doing that? Like, And then the mom's just, oh, your hair's so beautiful. It's like, well, that's not the point. And when she, and when she just says, I think I'm an alcoholic, you get nothing from both of them. That it's yeah. like she didn't even say it out loud. They're not even registering it. Or they just it. kind of like laugh it off. Kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, uh-huh. Kind of a thing. But yeah, this, this moment's great. I mean, this, if Charlize would have been Best Actress nominated, <laughs> I mean... That would be the clip. This would be the clip. I'll get to... Fuck you! Fuck you! You fucking bitch! Oh my 
just gonna stand there like a big lump. I love your sweater. I'll get you a rag. Go get me a rag, because you got so many of those lying around here. Fucking burp cloths, whatever. You know the funny thing is? I could have had this party a long time ago. This exact same party. Yeah. Buddy and I were together for four years, and we were inseparable. Jan knows, right, Jan? Here, Tell him. Wanna, no, 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 don't bother. Please. It is silk. It's fucked. Mavis, sweetheart. Mother, I'm trying to tell a story here. Yeah, Buddy got me pregnant at 20, and we were going to keep it. Mm-hmm. We were going to have a little baby and a little naming party and a fun aquarium and all of that. And then 12 weeks into it, well, I had Buddy's miscarriage, which I wouldn't wish for anyone. You know, maybe if things were just a little bit more hospitable down south in my broken body, Buddy and I would be here right now with a teenager and probably even more kids because we always found each other. Always. Right, Jen? Tell them. Um, well, but it also just shows, like, Beth, too. Like, she... She tells her, like, to fuck off, and she call her a bitch, like, in front of everybody, at her party, at her house. Like, this woman is a saint. And she's just like, let's get you cleaned up. Like, let's, you know, it's silk. Don't bother. (laughs) So when Mavis is talking about having the miscarriage, I think that's why Beth reached out to Mavis, is that she's had this past with Buddy, Mm -hmm. and it was almost a thing and then this miscarriage happened. So sure. I think that's kind of why sure. Beth reached out. And maybe she thinks that it's such mm-hmm. a small town that it might have gotten back to her anyway somehow. Like, we're going to invite your, her parents. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll, you know, a normal person <laughs> would have a, a conversation with their parents and say, like, oh, it's going to be this party. Well, he also says that she invited her because... So she's a late invite. She gets the sort of – she gets like the email that they, yeah. that they never acknowledge. And then he calls and invites her to specifically That's come. That's right. Yeah. And then says it's because they're all worried about her because she's having right. some sort of mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. He does. <laughs> the mental illness. Which is true. But much yeah. like the alcoholism and the hair pulling tick, th- these are all just accessories. Right. Like, these aren't mm-hmm. necessarily the character, which is also a real fascinating choice. Yes. Yes. Um we haven't even mentioned that on one of her nights out with Matt on her way back to the hotel, she rams her mini yeah. into a light pole and leaves it there for like however many days. Do you think that she's in the hotel would have gotten a tow? I feel like the hotel might have been like, whose car is this? What the hell? But also like we've been seeing this character drink a lot and drive. Yeah. So you do see consequences because of it. Yeah. But it this leads to her now at this point she has is talking to her parents again and this leads to her getting her old cabriolet. Yeah. So it's almost as if yeah. Mavis is even going yeah. back in the yeah. past more. She's and, she's wearing buddies and reverting, she's wearing a sweater. A sweater, she's driving mm-hmm. her old car from she's high driving school. her old car from yeah. high school. So. She's driving over over to her boyfriend's house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is all like down we are we're in the bell jar at this point. Yeah, <laughs> as as uh, as Jenny Garofalo would say, you are in the bell jar. Um, yeah. So, and that cabriolet, I think, 
what year did this come out? 2011. 2011. So, and she's 37. It's probably from like 1990 or so. So, 91. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll allow it. I take it that her and Buddy probably graduated high school around 92, it's probably. A bit more of a, mm-hmm. It's a little bit more of, a, of an 80s car, but I'll allow it. Well, I mean, it would have just been <laughs> a car that they got used. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Mavis wouldn't have gotten a new car. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the Camp I Me Love car. Oh, okay. That the girl drives a cabriolet. And, the, I mean, those cars are cute. Everybody knows those Volkswagens are girls' cars. <laughs> all the, all the Volkswagen, the girl, uh, all of the teenagers that drove Volkswagens when I was in high school were all girls. See? Mm-hmm. I'm telling yep. you. The Jetta, the Cabriolet. Don't get me started on the Carmen Ghia from Pretty in Pink. But Volkswagens are, A, mega expensive. Mm-hmm. And B, Even a used one. And B, Really hard to keep up because you have to go to, like, a German car, like, guy. But they're cute. Mm-hmm. Would you drive a Beetle? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, you drive them like a Michelle, like a Selena Kyle yellow. Yeah, I want like to I drive the Herbie car. <laughs> a Herbie Beetle. Yeah, mm-hmm. not, a, not a, like, the plastic-looking ones. Yeah. Okay. I drive a plastic-looking one. They have a vase. Yeah. And <laughs> the dashboard. <laughs> Um, fresh flowers in your car. What do we feel about the moment when uh, Matt and Mavis finally finally hook up? Oh when she goodness. goes over to Matt's house and she has sangria all over her <laughs> her white blouse and she takes it off. And that image of Charlize with the cups. <laughs> the chicken cutlets. The chicken cutlet cups. <laughs> those shots of her taking those out. Ugh, it must be it must be painful to be a woman like the and, next, have to, the next and have day. to deal with shit like that. This is this is truly uh, for women watching it. This is truly the hero moment <laughs> of the film. Yeah. Both seeing her willing yeah. to just stand there because they're not. I mean, that is not an attractive no. garment. And, yeah. and when she peels it off, I mean, they hurt so bad to take off. So like, are they're just they not fun? Are they? Is there an adhesive, or is just because they're that kind of like? Uh, mouse pad like wrist guard oh, material God. that just naturally sticks to you i'm very excited because i yeah, also had this conversation <laughs> earlier this morning mm-hmm. um, when my boyfriend wanted to wanted to discuss how this works yeah so they're like they're silicone material yeah. so it's like so it's got like a realistic sort of feel right and they're almost like it almost feels like cling wrap on like ta- they're tacky kind of but yeah but the inside is industrial uh, grade ooh. adhesive okay so that sticks to your body it sticks okay. to you but if you sweat at all so summertime is usually when you have to wear these because yeah. you're wearing like a backless dress right. or whatever. and they're almost like a substitute for a bra right it is a substitute of, for a bra. when you so want to wear a, a certain uh, dress that you can't wear a bra with yeah so yeah. it holds a no-show situation it. mm-hmm. okay and it's god awful. They always feel like they're falling off. Yeah, but they're not because they are never they're coming off of you. Like, it's just they're horrible. So and they wow. look terrible. And she's wearing like the pantyhose. Yeah, and it's, just, it's such a cool that go up image. to her waist, yes. like over. Yeah, <laughs> because that's how they like stay up, right? Because they're yeah. Oh my goodness. There's some really good directing in the scenes with them on the bed that it calls back to the scene where she picks it, where she goes on the date with the guy. And she wakes up in bed, and she uh, has the arm over her. Yeah. Um, when she gets out of bed, yeah. like those scenes kind of they match, match up. up. Mm-hmm. Can we go back a little bit further too? Mm-hmm. And there, the intimacy choreography right. of them hooking up yeah. is so good and yeah. so spot mm-hmm. on and so genuine, and their chemistry is crazy. Yeah. 
that you you buy the whole thing. It's not like you right. want them to hook up necessarily, but it's so mm-hmm. like you can tell that in their own ways, these two people like really love and care for each yeah, other. Yeah. And then there's this like the really beautiful reveal scene of his leg. Yeah. Yeah. Is very very simple. Like it reminded me a lot of Todd Browning's film Freaks. Oh, where oh, you're seeing uh-huh. you're seeing people with like a variety of disabilities, uh, whether they're born with them or they're they've been sort of enhanced to to work in the carnival. Mm-hmm. These people that traditionally, you know, at the time society would have been a little bit afraid of, yeah. are filmed beautifully and with love and like very objectively and directly. Mm-hmm. And this was, it was like a direct parallel to that. It was gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When you know he's she's there, she's standing there in you know this shot of her. And he's like, I'll get you a shirt. And she's just like, I want yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, you look at, at Patton and it's like, he's not like Jabba the Hutt. He's not like super obese. He's just like, you know. A little out of shape. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's a yeah. little out of shape. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not crazy. It's not like, oh my God, like, dude, he get looks, a hold of yourself. He just looks like a, yeah. a regular person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so he takes off his shirt and he hands it to her and he just does that thing that like little chubby guys kind of do you just like cross your arms and just like hunch over like don't look at me kind of thing and she doesn't even put the shirt on she just like holds it there and yeah it's just like it's it's really well it's really well done it's it's awkward it's like it's not sexy at all Mm -hmm. you know but it's just it's it it leads to where these two characters you know have been going like this this whole this whole movie um yeah it's it's uh it's it's wild and then the the next scene in the morning you know with the sister we got to talk about the character that Colette Wolf plays so you mentioned yeah. this is like the final boss <laughs> this is kind of the pivotal moment with this character that Mavis has kind of realized the errors of her ways and she's at the crossroads of i need to do something with my life like i am a fucking mess and she has and she gets up. She sees uh, Matt's sister, Sandra, in the kitchen. She's getting ready for her nurse shift. And she pours her a cup of coffee. And she sits down with her. And the character of Sandra pretty much... Uh, she tells Mavis everything that she wants to hear. Yeah, because initially when Mavis goes to the house to, to meet Matt, she knocks on the front door. Mm-hmm. And the sister answers. And she's just like, oh, fuck. Like... What are you doing at my house? I made you cookies it's once. You. And I left them in the yeah. locker. Yeah, all that shit. And she's just. Does she kind of say like? Does she introduce herself like I'm Mavis or whatever? And she's like, and she says like, I, I know. know who you are. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. who you are. So it's that thing where in high school she kind of looked up to Mavis. She was a popular girl. She's so beautiful. All that, and she's, and she's just another person who is kind of stunted in that kind of like, you know that era and it's just like right back there she's just mm-hmm. like oh no you actually you are better than all <laughs> when <laughs> like when colette wolf is saying to her of that i'm just i always sometimes i think about you going back to your cool apartment and going out yeah it's so heartbreaking <laughs> and it's exactly the type of person that mavis wants them to be jealous too yeah. Of that, I made it. I got out of this little town, and you're still stuck here. 
And, well, and also too, it's that that thing that we we're saying, like uh, of Mavis being this kind of static character. Maybe she does have somewhat of an arc somewhere in there, but it just like it gets stonewalled, completely disappears. Mm-hmm. Yep. The moment where she says, "You know what? You're right. I'm going home. I'm going back to Minneapolis." And the sister says, "My life is great." And the sister says, "Take me with you." And she's like, "No, no. you're good here." <laughs> <laughs> just completely like and it's that Mavis thing where she doesn't see anybody else what they're going through anything any obstacles that they have it's just like she needed she needed Sandra to validate her yeah and then she fucking leaves. and this is such <laughs> a cool punk rock ending that is so <laughs> anti-Hollywood that it's the reason why a lot of people walk away from this movie so cold is that it's a very realistic ending and it's not something that you ever see in romantic comedies at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point in Mavis's journey, what would be the like standard Hollywood ending for her? You know, she's not going to get buddy. Is it like her and, and Matt just like decide to become a couple? I guess. I mean, I'm trying to think know. of a what movie. Do people, what do people want? A character from, that's similar her. with Jules from my best friend's wedding. It's <laughs> I guess that Jules ends up with their gay best friend in that movie. <laughs> yeah, so. it's a much healthier ending in that film. You know, when he gives that great speech about you know yeah. there won't be romance, like there won't be love, but there will be dancing, and like that's just enough, and that's cool. Um, and in this film, it's clearly it's super ambiguous. Yeah, and I don't think there is. I mean. There's so few instances of a character like this done really well yeah. and really authentically. So yeah. you've got this film. You've got You're the Worst, which the uh, Sandra <laughs> character is a pivotal character in You're the Worst. Oh, that's right. Oh, God, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's Dorothy, um, the theater girl, girlfriend of, of Edgar. And, uh, and you've got Fleabag. Sure. And that's kind of it. I think of, um, I think of yeah. Carol. Depictions. Kate Blanchett and Carol a little oh, bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a whole other, like, aesthetic, you know, when it comes to, like, how, like, dour, like, Carol is. But um, but, you, but you're right. It is that, that type of character. And, and yeah, um, there's not many examples of, like, of this person that this – I don't know. I hit... We don't know how to end that yeah. story because that story doesn't – there's – there is no clean yeah. ending. I mean, throwing Buddy's sweater in the trash can yeah. and moving, you know, dumping her, putting her dog in the purse and dumping it in the car and, and just driving out of the town <laughs> is, it's a really, you're right, it's a punk rock ending. Yeah. It's a really mm-hmm. glorious, you know, we don't know where she's going. We don't yeah. know if she's yeah. going to do this again to someone right. else. I, I was watching a little bit of press that Diablo was doing when she was talking about this movie and they talked to her about sequels and she's just like, you know, I don't know why there aren't sequels done to movies like this. Like, there's always all of the schlocky movies get sequels. Like, why doesn't a movie like Young Adult... I'm curious of what happens to Mavis. <laughs> I want to see where she's yeah. at in 10 more years. Yeah, yeah I want Mavis mm-hmm. at 47. Yeah, exactly. Because clearly this book series is winding down. Yep. You know, so she's got to find something else to keep up this lavish lifestyle <laughs> that she's grown keep accustomed her in Diet to. Coke. <laughs> yeah. And Caesar <laughs> dog food. Um, so yeah, what is it? What is what is the next step? For, where do you, where does where does Mavis see herself in, in ten years? Yeah, that's that's interesting. But you know, like yeah, it doesn't have to have the Hollywood ending. I'm glad it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it has the ending that it does. But um, 
Is she a, is she a static character? Does she learn anything? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, we, she does have a little bit of. There is a little bit of an arc there, but it just comes right back down to. <laughs> yeah. She needed that moment to be validated. Sure. There's a really similar moment in. So her her the moment you're talking about is the the of the her having like some changes when she's in bed with Patton Oswald right and he yeah. give, he gives the speech where he says you're you were you weren't at your best you looked in the mirror more than you ever looked at me I was at my best and you didn't see me and it's really similar to if you guys are Sex in the City people at all mm. um, we are but there, okay so there's <laughs> the episode I don't remember what season it is when Big has the heart attack this might be season six a okay Big has a heart attack <laughs> and tells Carrie that he loves her and like, you know, why aren't we, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we having a relationship? Yeah. And wakes up the next morning and just goes right back to who he is. Mm-hmm. And we kind of see the same thing yeah. with this character where she's learned, we know she's capable of humanity or at least listening to someone mm-hmm. deliver theirs. Um, <laughs> but not necessarily improving her right. own situation. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's, that's how life works, you know? Yeah. Like, if we have an event like this that that happens to us and, you know, we, we go back to our life and it's like there's not really an ending. We just, you mm-hmm. know, keep working on, keep working on shit. So, I, yeah, I guess that's, that's, as, that's as good as we're going to get for, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's never going to be a sequel to this movie. No, probably not. We can, we can write a spec sequel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Tully. I think Tully is an interesting movie that, I mean, it came out in 2018. You can tell Diablo has kind of, uh, she's had kids. She's had a lot of time to reflect of what it is yeah. like to be a mother. That's the element that I like of that movie. And also, that is a movie about postpartum depression. And I cannot name a lot of movies about postpartum depression. There, There's a recent one with Amanda Seyfried that's about postpartum depression and suicide. That's wow. That's like... I mean, for what that's a hard thing to tackle. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. very good for what it is, but Tully is excellent. Yeah, it's yeah especially that film. just that theme of Tully of what would your twenty five year old self think of you now? Yeah, right. to if you could have a conversation with yourself from ten years ago. Uh, I'll never forget one time having a conversation with an aunt of mine, and at this point, she's in her late seventies, early eighties. And she's telling the story about when she had one of her daughters, one of my cousins and, you know, and she was explaining to me this period in her life. And she's like, Oh, and you know, I just, I just had the baby blues and, you know, and she went on and I was like, the baby blues. That's such a bittersweet (laughs) term for postpartum. Like the baby blues. Is that how they like diminish like this serious thing that you were going through? You just have to refer to it as the baby blues. I was like, oh, and she was just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you know, that's like r- a real thing. <laughs> She's just like, it's fine. We got over it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, but yeah, it's like you watch something like Tully and it's just like this. You know, it's it's a it's a hard subject to tackle, like you said. And um it, it it's it's done really well and and uh i i didn't know where it was going and it's one of those like rare times where i'm just like how are okay all right i, I was surprised you know it surprised me and it's like now you know we'll watch movies nowadays and we'll like shout out a line that that somebody's gonna say next and we haven't seen the movie yet you know like yeah. because we yeah. just like we watch a lot of movies clearly so it's like we know how screenwriters are and we know what 
audiences expect. Well, it takes and, the kind of the convention of the manic pixie dream girl <laughs> and does something very interesting with it. Yeah, yeah. Makes it a it's a mm-hmm. ghost story also on top of yeah. It. <laughs> another another horror. Film. I mean, she it's yeah. She's I, I hate I hate that people hate her because it's she's such a genius. Yeah, she's such mm-hmm. a master of her craft. Yes. Um, she's working on a movie right now called Lisa Frankenstein, and it's sort of a takeoff <laughs> of Weird Science. <laughs> oh I God. think. I can't wait for this. Um, kind of one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this movie on the podcast is whenever I've talked about this film with a lot of people, primarily I found the biggest fans of this movie are gay men, <laughs> gay men and probably women. Are those are women like you that I people think you that hang out with. there is just something about this movie that the gays can appreciate how unapologetically awful she is, <laughs> and just that genre where women. Can beautiful women can be awful? <laughs> well, she's also she's she's all id, and she's going yeah, back into yeah. what's clearly a like she's going back into the, a closed society that mm-hmm. doesn't accept or promote this glamorous person right. that she's become in the mini apple, right? And she's coming back, and she's just like giving everybody double middle fingers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's and it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just going to mention that we, we to this day, refer to Mackenzie Davis as Tully. Yeah, that's Tully. <laughs> Tully, like, oh, Tully's Tully and, and one of the hookers from Blade Runner 2049. Oh, I forgot that she's mm-hmm. a Blade Runner hooker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's, it's a weird, this is a weird film, too. I mean, this, one, this film is obviously funny. It's sad. It's dark. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot going for it. It's hard to look at this. As people in our, I mean, Scott, Scott is much younger, but yeah, as people in our forties, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to make jokes about this film right? Yeah, because there's, you def, you watch it through protective eyes in a way. Like yeah. I saw this when I was 31 and I was, I, that was, as I said earlier, this was like a terrifying documentary. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot that wasn't in common. I would rather die than try to get an X back <laughs> and I will not go back to my hometown unless I'm absolutely forced. But, um, you know, you really, there's just so much about this character when you're young that's, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, if you are an, if you are an unlikable woman, which I very much was <laughs> at the time and, and still am to some degree, but I was you know, much more like the, those of us who love this film. Um, and yeah, it's hard to, there, I found myself like, as we're recording this, like holding back so much, so many dark jokes. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if I need to add that to like, what we've <laughs> already got going on. Like this is already the saddest thing in the world. Um, one, yeah. of, one of the most liked reviews on Letterboxd for this movie is this is Lady Bird for people who hate their hometown. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which I love. Oh my God. Not that I hate my, my hometown at all. Like I, no, I still yeah. find my hometown very charming. But you do have very complicated relationships with it when you yeah. move away. Yeah, it's fun to vicariously yes. have that vicarious hometown it's, hate. It's fun to visit. Yeah. I don't want to live there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, cl- clearly the three of us are fans of Diablo Cody. She's one of those people t- for me that I really enjoy um, that they're just kind of like in – interview situations and uh you know behind the scenes supplemental features in, you know in the movies that she's done talk shows i just find her captivating just by yeah she's one of us the way she the way she talks 
it, it's it's funny without trying. She's not telling jokes, but I still just want to listen to the whole conversation because everything she's saying is is I don't know, just something about her personality and her outlook and all of that. Um, just not just her scripts, just the way she presents herself to me. I'm like, I can just watch her talk. I can watch her, you know, I would watch her on like the, the tomorrow show with like, you know, Dick Cavett or whatever. And the, the black room kind of old mm-hmm. PBS talk shows kind of a thing. Um, if you are like us and are a big, uh, Diablo fan, she is one, she's on one of our, um, longtime favorite podcasts go bayside the saved by the bell recap podcast with april richardson Richardson. and she is on the episode the fight uh where zach and slater get into a fight over a girl and she's very charming in that episode so i would say that was one of the first episodes of go bayside i ever listened to because it was diablo yeah Mm -hmm. i think so um yeah and and that podcast is really funny if you even if you don't watch Saved by the Bell, it's a funny podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, gotta go find her. I mean, we're huge Charlize Theron fans. I think that yeah. she's probably one of my favorite working Hollywood actresses today. And she's kind of has a really interesting story that she grew up in South Africa. Her mom pretty much put her on a plane when she was eighteen years old. Of you look like you look like beautiful. To model, go make it as a model. Sure. And I mean, when you look like Charlize Theron, it happens. But also, <laughs> she can act. Yeah. So awesome. a lot of beautiful women try to be actresses, and it doesn't always work out. Yeah. She's very talented, but there's also. Do you guys? Please tell me if I'm having like a <laughs> fake, like Oprah implanted memory. But um, did her? Mom kill her yes. husband yes. because yeah. of domestic abuse. <laughs> yep. As, yeah. as self-defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's all. Yeah, that's all there. Uh, she, one of her early SNL hosting gigs was very funny because her and Tracy Morgan had a back and forth about being African-Americans. So that was... <laughs> that was a great monologue. I like how that, <laughs> I like how that monologue ends with her wanting a... A cool, her wanting a cool cigarette. Mm-hmm. He offers her a Newport. Yeah. No, he offers her a Newport, and she says she's good. She's got her cools. <laughs> um, so, she, so I think the other thing on top of being like a great actress and beautiful and all that stuff, she has a great sense of humor. She's a, yeah. she's also a very uh, captivating and fun person to. Well, she just seems like a cool person. Like mm-hmm. for you know, I don't know. I hate to go like this. She's she's a cool girl. <laughs> She she can drink and um, but you know we we love Charlize yeah. and, is and, never, and is never afraid to look ugly in a movie. And let me tell you this: uh, I'm still mad that she's not going to be in the Furiosa movie. Yeah, why does it need? Why do they need to go back that far and make it Anya Taylor Joy? Come on, I don't buy that Anya oh, Taylor no. Joy is going to grow up to be Charlize Theron. At no, this no, point. she's one of the wives in Fury Road that they have to protect. Yeah, she is not a she, few, oh, no, 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 she's, no, no, no. And she's grown's already. How is this going to be like believe, her? I can't believe that. Backstory. I can't believe that movie's no. already shot. Yeah, I I don't know. George Miller, I love you, but what are you, what are you doing? Just mm-hmm. leave it. Just have it be Charlize. She should have got the Best Actress nomination for that movie. She should have got a Best mm-hmm. Actress nomination for Furiosa. But, um, yeah. So, go watch anything you can with Charlize. The first the movie Advocate. I ever watched was The Devil's Advocate with yeah. her, I think. I think that was the first movie I ever saw her in. Oh, yeah. I Does she have the little bangs in that movie? The same. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that she has the Rosemary's Baby cut. 
Well, there's she a, got that in the late 90s. There's a picture of her online floating around, and it's on like a red carpet or something, and she's got the Courtney Cox Scream 3. Really oh, sharp, the bangs. Really sharp bangs. I'm glad Watch that we Charlie's finally got movies. to Young Adult. This yeah, has always same. been a movie that I have wanted to get to on the mm-hmm. show. And I feel like we were just te- – I think I just randomly texted you out of the blue of it. <laughs> Do you like Young Adult? Well, actually, this makes me want to ask you guys a question. Yeah. Um, why is this one of the movies that made you gay? <laughs> I, I think I mentioned it that I think that there is just something about how salty and bitchy about this character that really resonates with gay men. Of that when you see this movie, you just kind of get it. Well, there's also – I mean for a lot of just – men period but for for gay men too there's a very like um almost arrested development stunted, thing going yeah. on stunted uh-huh. growth there's uh there's issues with high school there's mm-hmm. you know yeah. um a lot of past trauma there's there's uh identifying with Wanting to leave everybody behind and being mm-hmm. better than them in your fabulous, you know, adult life in the big city. Um, you know, a lot of times gay guys don't get to have the high school were the best years of my life experience. And you don't get to have the like exploring relationships as a young person and you do all that in like your twenties and even your thirties and sometimes in your forties, um, because you missed all of that stuff. So, um, I think there's something when you see a character like this, that's kind of attached to a certain Mm -hmm. time period or whatever, or somebody that there is something about got got out and made it. Yeah. There is something about this character that you can identify with, even though she's being an awful person. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes we can be awful people, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the, a lot of the looking back on everybody else and, like, those idiots. Those fucking dorks. Mm-hmm. Like, if they could only see my fucking cool Our life now. Our beautiful one-bedroom apartment in East Hollywood. No, that's the thing. The <laughs> apartment doesn't matter. It's when we go out to these scumbag, dirtbag gay bars. <laughs> But, you know, we are going out at 10 o'clock at night on a weekday because mm-hmm. we can, because we don't have any stupid babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> babies are boring. Babies, babies are, boring. are boring. You mentioned that we she sounds, you mentioned that she sounds like Kathleen Turner. She's <laughs> getting driven away by her taxi. She does, She sounds like, but specifically Kathleen Turner in uh, Peggy Sue Got Married. Okay. okay. <laughs> and... Yeah, so which is also a favorite film of mine. Yeah. Um, we're getting we've been getting requests to do Peggy Sue Got Married on the show, so we might do we might do that. Oh my god, of That's course like, you are! It's like the best <laughs> Nicolas Cage movie. It's his craziest performance. People love to say Devil's uh, Vampire's Kiss, but yeah. it's definitely Peggy Sue Got in Married a, in a long line of crazy Nick Cage performances. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy thing to be the craziest one. Yeah, sure. but when you watch Peggy Sue Got Married, you'll know exactly what <laughs> what you mean. Because it is a wild performance. I watch it and I'm just like, what is he doing? And Moonstruck, what what is he doing? What oh, is he doing? Oh, God, that's such a gorgeous performance. The, yeah. the monologue in the street, you know, we're just here to screw up our lives and fall in love and make a mess. Like, oh. Yeah. But each, yeah, each, each Nick Cage movie from the 80s, I'm just like, what is going on? But, yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. We should probably wrap this we up. We should wrap Kelly, it up. thank you so much thank for joining you. us. It's been a while since we've 
had you over for an yeah. episode, but it's been so much fun. It was my mm-hmm. pleasure. I love oh, you guys. This was the greatest. And so I love much. this movie. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's on HBO Max right now, listeners. So if you don't have uh, a Blu-ray like we do, you can go ahead and um, watch it on the Max. Yeah. If you're stealing your parents' login. Um, so <laughs> thanks so much, Kelly. We'd love to have you on again. But until then, it's time to say bye, friends. <laughs> And thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. I can't believe this is the last month of the year for podcast <laughs> I mean, programming. Oh, my goodness. Where did this entire year go? Seriously, it, it flew by. Um, thanks so much to Kelly for coming on. But, yeah, this... Uh, good start to the month. Yeah, great start to the month. And, yeah, we're, we're winding down 2022. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. Um, but I think right about now... Patreon shout-outs? for some Patreon shout-outs. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Let's say hi and hello to all of our wonderful patrons, including brand new patron Lisa and Alexis, as well as Thomas, Mark, Jackson, Millie, Darcy, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Christopher, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Don, Joshua, Emma, Melly, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and also Rafino. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. For uh, being patrons, you guys are awesome. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for all of our supplemental features. You'll including... get access to the bonus monthly episode, which is our watch with us commentary. Yes. You can watch something on streaming with us. Yes. You could sync up the movie and the commentary track and it's like a, a comment, like a director's commentary, but it's us, our sparkling thoughts mm-hmm. or you can just listen as you would normally listen to a regular episode and listen to it as a as a bonus episode mm-hmm. they work as like that as well um so but it's really fun to me to sync it up with the movie i think uh so you'll also get access to all of our back catalog of newsletters as yeah. well as our brand new newsletters and any supplemental features uh behind the scenes photos uh playlists all that fun episodes stuff. when they're done early Yes, episodes mm-hmm. when they're done early get posted on there. All that good stuff. So check it out. And all of your uh, wonderful and exceptional donations go directly to keeping the show live and happening and uh, in your ears and ad-free. We really appreciate we really it. appreciate all of you it. You can go ahead and write us a nice review on Apple iTunes or Spotify. or Spotify. We would really appreciate that. Yes, indeed. Hit those five stars. Write a little review. We'll read it. Say your name. All that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we'd love it if you would subscribe and uh, like us on all the social medias. Yeah. Movies That Made Us Gay on Instagram and Twitter. Movies That Made Us Gay on oh. Instagram and Facebook. Facebook. On Twitter. MTMUG Pod on Twitter. MTMUG Pod. Yes, indeed. And uh, if you want to follow our personals, feel free to do that as well. Uh, I'm Pete. I'm at Peter Lasagna on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm. Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. You can go to the episode description to see all of that information as well. So thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.